Comedians who remain after their initial sets are invited to perform feats of improvisation and ingenuity in the famous lightning round game. It's two o'clock. When it's two o'clock on a Wednesday and you hear the trippy music, you know what time it is. It's time for Some Call Me Tim. If you listen weekly to the show, you know that every week I try to time it with that weird zhum zhum, and so rarely do I succeed. But we have success on the phone lines. We have all the way from Seattle, Quinn Fitzgerald. Hey. Hey. How you doing? You're live on air. Thanks for calling at 2 o'clock. I'm sorry I didn't answer the phone first, but I was telling the people. You heard. You knew what was going on. Hey, welcome to Mutiny Radio. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I uh, am I just, what would you, yeah, I don't know we just, this. yeah, that's, so the way that some call me Tim works is that um, I'm, I'm really interested in different people's belief systems and what right. makes them like stay alive or makes them, I don't know, not kill other people. And whether that's like from that you were raised religiously or that you found something or that you don't believe in anything. Like some people, one time, this one guy and I talked about the moon conspiracy theory for an hour and I was like, Mm. all right. So it's, it's about whatever you believe in. But, and the reason, the reason it's called some call me Tim is that it's from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And the guy who's like, there's some who call me Tim, Tim, the enchanter. And, and, and that, that whole movie, they're searching for this thing that doesn't exist. And then it's just, it's only a movie. So it's sort of about like, I mean, but if, if you're inside reference, right. But if you're like religious or if you have any particular feelings and I'm a hundred percent going with you, I'm really like. Right. I think that everyone's belief system is important, and I don't understand why we're so combatant with one another about, you know, about like different religions and stuff like that. Like, right, right. Like that we're vilifying Muslims. Why? Or even right. right now we're vilifying. They're saying people are anti-Semitic. It's like we vilify in either way, and it's I mean all of that. It's like how we worship or think or pray or don't do any of that or drink or whatever what what is it anybody's business why how we maintain being alive right and everyone has like a different like upbringing like they're sort of raised with different beliefs and maybe they stick with those and maybe they don't so usually we start out Quinn Fitzgerald of Seattle by looking you're not you can't see deep into the eyes of Sparkle Jesus because you're you're not here but imagine like the very white long-haired blondish sort of Jesus in a sparkly robe and then I ask you do do you believe in Jesus uh I don't I don't actually cool. um so yeah I, I was uh I, I was raised like pretty it sounds weird to say that I was raised like really atheist. Like that was, that was the, just sort of the thing in my house. And I didn't really know. It was weird. Cause like when, when, uh, when you're raised, um, atheist, it's just, it's not like your parents like don't believe in God or whatever. They just don't talk about it. Uh-huh. It's just not like an element 
in your life early on. If that makes any sense. Sure. You don't um, talk about God, so what you don't... Did anybody ever say, oh, God, or God damn it, was there anything, or was just the name wasn't even... It just wasn't even a name. It just wasn't... Yeah, it just wasn't like... I didn't know... I, I, didn't even, I don't even think I heard about God until I was maybe like six or something. Wow. And it was like some kid on the playground said something about him, and I was like, who is that? Like, what are you talking about? Wow. And, and then he... He was like, oh, well, there's this dude, God, and he's sort of, like, made everything. And he starts diving into, like, sort of what he was, what's in his household. Um, and it was this weird culture shock. And, like, like there's so much information, like, this very small interaction. Um, and I remember my parents, like, I went over to my parents. I was like, have you heard of this dude, God? <laughs> my parents, like, don't even talk about him. All right, like. Wow. So you were, you, your parents weird, actually man. sort of shamed you the first time you brought some God talk into the house. It wasn't even so much like shame. It was more like they were just like, where did you even hear about that? Mm-hmm. Like, it was just this weird thing because like, like my dad was uh, raised, um, I think, uh, Catholic, I think. Okay. Like some, some branch of Christianity in, in like Arizona he was raised. And um, my mom was not. She was raised atheist and my dad sort of broke off from religion later on but they i think they didn't they wanted to raise me not in religion um not in at all yeah especially not in like christianity just because there's some uh history with that i guess uh, on my dad's side and so uh yeah for like this six-year-old to come back from like the playground at like elementary school and be like like have you heard of this guy, God? And they were they were just like blown away. They're like, I don't even really know what to do with that, you know. Wow. It was weird. So what kind of community did you have as a child? Like if, if you weren't going to church every Sunday and kind of seeing the same people and being what were you right. what were you doing? Was there something that was there like a group your parents went to or did anything for, did you have a play group or was it just preschool or like what did that look like for you? Yeah, so, uh, like, a group, per se, like, for, like, the family. Yeah, um, well, but because they, there, there's, got, I mean, there, it, it, it doesn't. It was, the, the, I would say, like, the biggest community that I was really a part of was just, like, friends at school. Like, oh. I, I was really good at, at making friends, like, uh, early on. And so I would, I, I was also, like, super, like, kind of dorky. And so I would just, you know, it, very social. So that was a big factor of it was just friends at school. Yeah. Um, and that was sort of like my main group for a while. Um, and then we moved later. We moved down to um, to Texas, which was like another weird. Christian, like a, that very, was a big very shift. Christian place. It was what? It's a very Christian oh, yeah. place. Texas is like traditionally very... Christian, Christian, Protestant, yeah. yeah. We were in uh, Richardson, Texas, which is this, like, small suburban, uh, technically a city, I think, Mm. um, right outside of Dallas. And that was very, very Christian. And that was sort of when I started to learn about, like, what Christianity was, because it was just, it's everywhere. Right, yeah. Oh, my gosh, billboards. I mean, if I... Yeah, there was... Just counting... 
trying to count how many religious things you'd see just like walking down a main street in a town like that. It'd be interesting to see like how many churches, how many crosses. Well, but then if you were little, you didn't know about God. What did you think all those buildings were with the crosses on them? I don't know. I just, I'm very oblivious, like as a person, like I don't pick up on visual things. I just, I, I don't notice things. It's very strange. Um, I don't know why. Like I was, I was with another, um, comedian recently and we were, we were driving to a gig and at one point he's like, Oh my God, did you see that? And I'm like, what? And he's like, there was, there was like a truck, like on the side of the road, like flipped over. I'm like, Oh, I totally missed that. Like I just don't see things very, uh, easily. It's, I don't know why, but like growing up with, um, you know, like especially in Seattle, when you like see a church, it's just like, there's not that many. So I was just like, it's another building. Like it didn't didn't think about it. And then, um, in Texas though, it was like, there's like a church, like every couple blocks. So you just, they're everywhere. Um, and were you thinking like that they're doing something in there that you'd want to be a part of, or were you just like gross? I think, well, when we were in Texas, I think part of it was kind of like, oh, gross, because I didn't get along super well with a lot of the the people in Texas, Mm. like the kids my age. Um, And I I don't know if that was just like a difference of like like how we – there was a big difference in how we sort of interacted, I think. Um, I was a very – like this kind of goofy, dorky kid from Seattle. And in Texas, there's sort of this, at least in Richardson, there's this very odd, um, like, push to be, like, a, like mature even when you're really young, to, like, be, like, like serious and not be this goofy, dorky kid. And so that was odd, too. That was sort of a, a thing that was an issue slightly. Yeah. But, like, for me personally. But, oh, okay. Um, well, because you were like playing with transformers still when you were in seventh grade or something, like exactly, like like not yeah, like early, like um, like I was in Texas from like I think it was like fourth grade through like mid sixth grade. Okay, and there was there was that factor, and then like you know everyone is Christian, and I'm like okay, I like I didn't totally understand that, but like I knew I wasn't Christian. I knew that. Right. I knew that like my family wasn't that um and so there was like like whenever i saw a church i was just like it was just part of this this area that i also knew like i'm like i know we're not associated with that really like it's just not really part of us did you feel left out in some way or would you like well i'm fulfilled in a different way or did it just didn't or did it not enter your sphere of critical thought I would say it's like, like I didn't really have, um, I was, it, it's a little bit more of like, it didn't really, it, I didn't really think of it that much because mm-hmm. it's like, like when you're younger, you know, you just kind of adopt whatever your family is religion wise, right, right. belief wise. Um, and I was still sort of at that point. And also when, when, um, when you start off atheist, uh, when you're like, you're like, you're like five and your parents are like, there's, they just don't talk about God. And then when somebody does introduce the idea, it seems, it sounds so different and it sounds, and I, I don't mean this in like a, like a mean way, but it does, it sounds like radical almost sure. to you. Well, of course. Because it's, it's so different. If you think about Catholicism, just from what your dad dealt with, 
there's I mean, of course it would sound radical. You go into a room with a bunch of other people. Somebody speaks to you in Latin. You don't, you answer in Latin or if they change it, it's in, it's in English. It's still kind of weird. You're kneeling, you're mm-hmm. standing. Then you eat, then you cannibalize the body of a person who was yeah. the son of God who died for you for all of your sins. Of all. And then he turned into a zombie. Like, it's so crazy. Like, the, the yeah. ritual of eating the bread, which is the body, and drinking the, the, the wine, which is the blood. Yeah, it's the flesh and the blood. It's yeah. like we're cannibalizing our own savior. This has got to be. Mm. I mean, if I was a kid and I hadn't been brought up with that, I would I would be like, what are you, what crazy times are you talking? You do what? Yeah. He had magic powers, too. It'd be like, well, and so does Wonder Woman, kind of. So... You know, then then that line gets blurred. Between, yeah, it, like... it, it sounded uh, very. It was it was a weird sounding thing to hear and to hear in like a serious way. Because mm-hmm. um, like kind of like you're saying, like like I knew, like there you hear about like like superheroes and people with powers and all that stuff. Like that's everywhere. That's pop culture, um, and that's fine. But then to hear someone talk about like like God and Jesus in like a serious way was like I was like so thrown by it mm-hmm. um and and then you know you know, going to texas where that's like the norm was like even more like off, like not off-putting but like just different well they're praying everywhere aren't they there there's got to be in texas like prayers before football games and prayers before like aren't we yeah, experience a lot of group prayer <laughs> i don't know so much about like group prayer but there's a there's a very strong sense of um, not even necessarily, I mean, community, but also just like, there's an assumption kind of that everyone around you is Christian. Huh. Like there's, there's no question to it. Um, it is a very strange thing, um, when you're like, not that. And so like, I remember I had a friend, um, this is a weird, this is not like a norm in there, but I had a friend who his grandfather, who he lived with had like a rule that he wasn't supposed to have non-Christian friends. Whoa! It was weird. It was this weird thing. Um, and he just never found out that I wasn't Christian. Wow. I'm like, that's not his fucking business. Right. Sorry, can I curse on here? I don't know. Of course you can. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's this, um, oh, okay. MutinyRadio.fm streams live on the internet, so we could say fuck the police for two hours if you wanted. It doesn't matter. Oh, okay, cool, yeah, you cool. Can, you can swear. Um, that, um, that's a crazy rule. And it, he was, yeah, it was his, his granddad who was like, I don't know, he's probably like 70 or 80 something now, and, you know, in this super, very, very conservative, very Christian town, it's like you can, like that's a totally acceptable thing at the in the time and place, you know? Right. Um. And honestly, like, if you go there, that really doesn't exclude much of the population. It was like, like in a school, I think the school was probably like a few hundred people. I knew of like two other atheists. What about Jews? Any Jews in Texas? Probably. Probably. I didn't know any. Um, I did once. There was this girl. I was at at McDonald's when I was like, I don't know, like 12 or 11 or something. And I'm at McDonald's. And you ever seen the McDonald's that have, like, the playgrounds or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the poop yeah. balls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I'm running around one of those, and I, won't, and I sort of befriend this other kid. And at one point, the kid is, like, 
hey, like, what church do you go to? That's a totally common, common question you go to. Yeah. Yeah, not, not do you go to church, which church do you go to? And so she asked me that, and I'm like, oh, I don't go to, I don't go to church. And she's like, oh, are you Jewish? <laughs> <laughs> like, those are the two options. Wait, because you and, go to temple. Yeah, exactly. It was like, that was sort of the, I thought it was funny that, like, that, those are the two, the only two things. But also, like, she said it in, like, the most non, like, it wasn't, like, a mean way. It, did, it wasn't, like, like, she was, like, trying to get to the bottom of it. She was just, like, in her, like, in her world, like, those are the two things. Statement of fact. Um, yeah. Which church you go to? Because, of course, everyone goes to church. Yeah, yeah. That was sort of the... Did, did you... Very, and, and it, did you do anything you know, special on Sunday mornings, like with your family? Was there any like pancakes on Sundays or like go on no. a walk? Was there any that everyone could sleep in and they were excited? Was there any special thing about Sunday mornings? Uh, no, I mean, it was the weekend, but it was like Saturday and Sunday were like practically interta- interchangeable, you know. It was, oh. it was just another weekend day, um, which was cool. And I liked that it was a it was like a day to do whatever, which was cool and uh, spend some time with the family maybe, but it was, it wasn't, um, there wasn't any special event on Sunday really. Oh, gotcha. Uh, yeah. We'd go out and do stuff sometimes though on the weekends, especially cause like in Texas, you know, um, you get the weekend off and go to like, like, or not, maybe not even Texas, just like being at that age, um, you know, your family like, go to the arcade, go see a movie, right. something with air conditioning was sort of the the thing because it's hot everywhere. Yeah. So you go somewhere with air conditioning. Do you, um, you have the, the Texas background, like how do you look at them now, especially with this crazy political climate that we're in and the people that yeah. are identifying specifically as, as Christian, but then there's a lot of bigoted close-mindedness, um, mm-hmm. show me your papers, kind of, we don't like Mexicans yeah. sort of thing. Like, what do you feel about that kind of stuff? It's, obviously, it's it's disturbing to say, like, and I know that's, like, the biggest understatement, but it's, um, it was weird in Texas because it was, like, I knew... And again, very Republican, uh, very right-wing area. And I'm not, I was raised pretty liberal and I'm still very liberal. And I, I would, it was, I sort of had to get used to like being friends with people who I knew didn't, like I didn't agree with politically. Mm -hmm. Um, And in a weird way, I'm kind of glad that I learned that specific like skill almost because I do, I do feel like that's a big thing now of like, if you don't like when people don't agree with you politically, like they can't talk about other things. Oh, right. Um, yeah. There's many other things to talk about other than politics. That's absolutely true. And just because two people don't agree on that doesn't mean they can't, you know, yeah, agree on like a billion other things. Other common ground. Right. Not to say that's not also important. It's just, I feel like, and especially now with the political climate being so, uh, like polarized. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. That's the right word for it. Um, so if you're not, you're still not, you're still atheist. You still identify as atheist. I am. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still atheist. That's great. No, but, um, so 
like what a lot of people would say coming from the Christian side, well, you know, going to church and being part of a community helps mm-hmm. make you more moral because it isn't just your parents telling you right from wrong. It's this right. whole community keeping you accountable for this. Like, mm-hmm. you know, how come you're not murdering people in the streets if you never had access to God or whatever, you know, that like, that's my kind of question is right. what makes you a moral person if you've never mm-hmm. subscribed to a religion or, and I mean, are they necessarily, com- you know, together? I don't know. If- um, I would say like the, well, like, so when you don't really have like a, a religious belief system per se, it's, um, and I don't, maybe this isn't common, but I do feel, at least in my case, I started to think a lot more about like what was ethical, what was, what seemed to make sense, like trying to kind of like almost uh, use logic to try and figure out like what do I think is right, what do I think is um, ethical or unethical. Hmm. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, you can waste a lot of time doing that, uh, but you you also like learn a lot about sort of what you like, where you're coming from yeah. in a way. Um, I think that definitely played a big part in my life. Uh, late, later, um, later on, I became a vegan, which I know <gasps> isn't like really wow. Yeah, that is a really ethical choice. That is like a hugely life changing. Wow. See, now I would venture to say that veganism is almost a religion because it involves sacrifice, which a lot of almost Mm. every religion involves sacrifice. Right. So Mm. and vegans sacrifice a lot, Um, not just like not just like eating meat, but all kinds of things. It's hard to live in this world and not do what, you know how everyone else is destroying it. And I mean, I would, I would venture to say that, that veganism is really akin to religion. Um, in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I've heard, I've heard a few people, um, mention that too, of like, it's sort it's very similar. Um, I would say the only big difference is, um, is still actually, I'd say, I'd say there's like two main differences. One being, that um in itself it doesn't really give you much of a sense of community mm. because it's not like like vegans like gather for like <laughs> like uh like things you know like there's you no like vegan church. you should start up a meetup and meet up at a farm or something and eat some yeah. lettuce the, fresh lettuce the closest yeah the, the, the closest i've had was uh, i went to veggie grill <laughs> once and it was like this amazing feeling of like like i can pick anything on the menu because everything there's vegan and i was like i can pick anything on the menu and, yeah um, did, they, did they have veggie girl down in california no but there's like, there's a lot of okay. um vegan um like vegan asian places, places because the, um, oh, yeah. the chinese in chinatown they do this amazing fake meat they do this mm. thing with like i gluten or soy protein i don't know and they layer it where mm. i mean i actually the the vegan the, the vegan beef salad it tastes like a it's like better than actual beef because when you get real beef you, you don't really know where it comes from or how it's been there and all this other stuff and i'm like right. it tastes like beef but it's not i it's um 
New Era is the name of that place. It's a vegetarian Asian place, and it's awesome. Okay. Yeah, there's a bunch of places in San Francisco that are like super vegan friendly, and you can find like I even work at a a, a bar that serves food, and we have three vegan options. I think that I don't know if in Seattle it's different, but down here, like it is, it is very accepted. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's relatively um accepted in seattle like there's there are, I, like most places i go there's something i can get to eat yeah. um it might be like you know like a full meal it might be like french fries but it's like they got something you know right um but yeah i, I uh when i was in high school back back in seattle uh, i was in high school uh, i decided to go vegan Tell, um, you've got to tell me about that. That this so this is where we're going on this. It's like there was there in the Christians they do a baptismal moment where it's like I'm committing to this lifestyle, and right. and that is that's a thing that Christians go through, and that's one of the things I think that yeah. bonds them too is that we have decided that we believe in Zombie Jesus and He's saving our sins, and I'm talking to Him all the time. And 33 year old dead guys hanging out with me, and you say right, I accept right. this life. So you were in high school, and you what was like the thing? Did your dog die? Did you did did you no, not like so meat on the bone? I had the weirdest um, moment. There was definitely a moment. Um, what it was. So I'd been thinking about it for a while. Originally, I was just going to go vegetarian. Um, like, as soon as I went vegetarian, I was just like, I'm like halfway there. I'll just be vegan. Um, but I was originally going to go vegetarian, and I'd been thinking about it for, like, months. And I just kept thinking, like, I think that's just the right choice for me. I think that's just – it felt like the right option. Um, then one day, I was uh, – I'm a freshman in high school, and um, – we went and like as a family, we had got uh, McDonald's. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was just sitting like at, at my room with like this like McDonald's, and I was like, I don't want to like eat this. Like mm-hmm. I don't. I like, just I felt bad about it, and I was like, I just I don't want to do this more. And so, you f- you felt bad for the dead cow or for the chickens, or was it like I'm consuming the flesh of another being? What, what was the did, did yeah, meat so, taste gross and gross you out, or were you just like you really it, love it, animals? It wasn't like a like a gut reaction or anything. Like it's not, I'm not grossed out by it, which is a weird thing. I feel like I should be, but I'm, I'm not grossed out by it. What it was was, um, it's like so the the way that I I generally look at it is that we're at a point in society um, where we really don't need to consume like dead animals or need to consume meat like there are other options Mm -hmm. they're easily available and that was kind of where i was at with that is i'm like i'm looking at it and i'm like i don't like there's no reason that i have to eat mcdonald's like there's other food around and like in american culture and in seattle and so i i was like i just don't want to contribute to to this side of it and i don't want to personally like i also just didn't like the idea of like eating a, a dead animal too mm-hmm. that was part of it so so it's it was an uh, environmental choice it's like that was it like it the was meatpacking more, industry is big and ridiculous and we're wasting all these fossil fuels and we're was it, no, it was, environmental it was, sorry it was it was more like um 
like, I guess the the angle that I, I I sort of went with at the time, though it's my perspective shifted a little bit, but it's it was basically like uh, I don't want to create any like like suffering of like a living creature. Like oh, I don't have to. Like it's unnecessary. Really it's not like an essential piece. Um, like there, because there is a certain level of like just living and consuming products or whatever, like, uh, like people or animals are like affected by it. And that's on some level inevitable, but I was also like, but I don't have to do this. Like, I don't have to do this part of it, you know? Yeah. Uh, hey, I, and it's, inc- it's way healthier for you. I'm sure though, when you were a freshman in high school, you weren't like for the health and well-being of my body. Like I've heard that I watched a thing and it was saying that a vegan diet, people who have get really, really sick and even cancers and all kinds of stuff. If they go mm. on a, on a vegan diet, it just, it just reverses like that. Yeah. You, that eating, eating so much meat actually has carcinogens in it that, Mm. give us all of these other diseases so right and it's just it's just that we're the the hubris of man to be like we can eat whatever we want whenever we want to because and 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 as americans like i've never Mm. seen an obese vegan i don't think i've ever seen an obese vegan it's a lot think through my head no i think a big part (laughs) of it is just that like and and that was the thing for me too because um before uh, I was vegan. I ate a lot of like, I ate a lot of dairy, I had a lot of meat. And so I was just, it, a lot of the really, really fatty foods are like in dairy and meat. And um, as soon as I went vegan, I lost like, I lost like 10 or 15 pounds, like over the like two weeks, like wow. really quick. Yeah. Like, and then it just like leveled out right there. But it was this weird thing that uh, it was very, very fast shift. Um, but that that was, and again, like I'm not, I I try not to like push other people to Wait, be vegan. Well, that's a big and thing, and that's great that you're not like one of. It's the same thing. There's proselytizing Christians that they can't be in a conversation with you yeah. without mentioning the Lord Jesus Christ and turning yeah. your life over to Him. And how could your life have any meaning without Him in your life? Like that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. I mean, you're like seriously. I, can can we? Can we just have a conversation? Um, and there's vegans who are like that, who who are like yes. that's it's common in comedy Absolutely. too. That's to say, like, what's the hack joke? Um, uh, something about vegans? Mm. They'll tell you. <laughs> are there any vegans in the room? Oh, I know you're none of them. Yeah, yeah they, they tell you if they were here. Um, that kind of that kind of like anti-vegan. There's a lot of anti-vegan sentiment, actually. There is. And, and there is some, but also like there are a lot of, I do know, I, I have met a lot of vegans who are like very like, oh, like everyone should be vegan. They try to like push on people. And a big part of why I, why I try not to do that is because of um, when I was in Texas of like, you know, I remember people trying to like get me into Christianity and I remember being around that. And I'm like, I don't really want to put that on other people, sure. you know, like that idea of like, you should follow my lifestyle. You should follow how I live. And all that and I never liked that and I don't That's like great. I didn't want to do that for other people you know what did your parents think I mean freshman in high school 14 years old you decide <laughs> to go vegan was your mom like yeah. oh, just shaking her head no god uh, no no she laughed uh, when I told her <laughs> she I told her I want to be a vegetarian and she laughed and she's like y- you want to be vegetarian really I mean 
all right. Like she, they were supportive, um, kind of, but I think they were also like, he'll give up after a month or something. Like that was kind of right. the, the mentality sure. of it. Um, how many years has it been? Uh, it's been four years now. Oh, so wow. So you're super young. I am pretty young. I am. I had 20. no idea. I looked at your, I looked at I, your people Facebook. People think I'm a I lot no older. Idea. I had no idea how old you were. And I, not that I, I just probably assumed because you're a comedian that you'd be 21. No, yeah, mo- most people assume I'm like way older than I am. Yeah. Well, and you're so like smart and well thought and put together. And, um, so I'm just, I'm, I'm so surprised. I'm like, what? Okay. Wow, you're only 20. So you've been a, you've been a vegan for like four years. Yeah. Wow. It, and you're so young. Do you miss? You just don't even miss it at all. What's the one? Is there like you miss ice cream? But you can have ice cream. There's vegan ice cream. So it's like it, there, there's there's vegan ice cream, uh, which is like I'm not normally huge on vegan substitutes. The ice cream stuff is pretty good though. I still have that sometimes. What about the um, cheese? I've had some vegan cheese that isn't terrible. Miyoku. Sometimes, yeah. Uh, sometimes there's some good stuff with that. Uh, I try not to have too much of it because the stuff that's like really realistic, um, if you have too much of it, it has a lot of the same like kind of feelings of what I remember from from dairy when like you have too much and it's just you feel uh, like shit after. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I, I, uh, I don't have too much of that. Um, but it's, I don't know. Like at, at the start, I missed a lot of stuff. I was like, oh, like I wish. I get that. I wish I could have this. Um, but it's, I mean, like later on, it's, it's a lot, it's not as daunting. Sure. Um, well, cause also you find out how many options you really do have. Uh, I stayed, yeah. I stayed in Seattle with some vegans years and years ago, uh, probably like mm. five years ago for the, it was the first hilarious comedy festival up there in Seattle. Mm. And I stayed with hope uh, Lyndon and, um, and she was a vegan and I, I was, I have, I have food stamps. And so I was up there and I was like, I want to thank you so much for letting me stay with you on your couch. And I was like, I'm going to go to the store and we're going to buy a bunch of stuff. And so I kind of learned that week and I was cooking for them late night, like after we came back from shows and we're drunk and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I kind of learned how to cook vegan a little bit. And like, cause I I do, I I cook all the time. Um, I work Mm. professionally as a cook too, but I learned so much. Like there are a lot of options. Like I had no idea how many things I could do with, you know, just using coconut oil or coconut, like Mm. cream or coconut, butter, like coconut miraculous, like as a fat substitute, Mm. olive oil. Wonderful. Like, you know, I didn't necessarily miss like butter and sour cream and cream cheese. Like I thought I was just, Mm. it's just kind of a different, once you get, once you're kind of in it, it's like, Oh, kale is awesome. (laughs) Like, it, it, kale chips yeah it's um it's like this big shift in the moment um but after you've like it's it's kind of like a good example i think is like um the first time you do stand-up is like up until that moment is it is the most terrifying like daunting thing ever to think like i'm gonna get on stage i'm gonna try and be funny to like this crowd of strangers and after you do it, regardless of whether you did well or you just ate shit on stage, um, you feel way more comfortable with the idea of doing that again right. you know, and keeping that up. Um, it's that same kind of idea, I feel, of like the idea of making that decision 
is terrifying. Yeah. Once you're there, it's less terrifying. You know. Sure. Yeah, I I used to, my friend and I, in the early 2000s, before I even. I didn't start comedy until 2011, but like in 2006, we would sit in my kitchen and we'd have chairs and we'd pretend like one of us was on stage and the other one. And we'd like do this sort of like two person comedy thing to nobody, kind of to each other, kind of to my dogs, but kind of just we were pretending that we were on Mm -hmm. stage because we watched a lot of comedy and loved it. And at that time in 2006, I never, ever for any second of time would have thought, Oh, this is something that I'm going to pursue as a, as a career or as a, right, or as a fun hobby that pays sometimes and, you know, dramatically changes my life in a positive way. Like, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm just, I've, and I, I never would have thought at the time I was actually a vegetarian for 13 years and I oh, wow. gave it up because mm-hmm. I, I started, I was cooking became so important to me and I had bought this it was my ex-husband's but he was my husband at the time it was his uh it was an anniversary or a birthday something and I I bought him this amazing steak and I'd spent a lot of money on this crazy steak and I wasn't Mm. gonna eat any of it because at the time I was still vegetarian but I cooked it and I just I ruined it and I realized like wow I can't ever you know, be a good cook if I don't know how to denature protein with heat. And I can't right. know how to, how it's right unless I start eating it again. And so mm. I started eating meat again, but I still can't eat. Like I can't eat chicken off the bone mm. and I can't, I can't, um, I can debone a chicken, but I can't, if it has a head on it, I can't look at it. I can't, I can't see their little faces. If I see their right. faces, I can't. Like when I walk in Chinatown and they have all the ducks hanging in the windows, I can't, I just can't, I have to look away. I can't even, I just, I'm like, that's, and I, and it mostly it's, it's more of a fear of death. I think for me than anything Uh else is that when I, like, it reminds me of my own, you know, upcoming mortality. Right. See dead things like that. Like you think about, you think about like what that means, like when you see it and stuff. Yeah, exactly. So so I'm like a huge hypocrite because I love like, you know, chicken tacos because it's all like, you know, ground up already or ground beef or sure. all that kind of stuff. But anything on the bone, just like when people eat ribs off the bone, I'm like, oh, I can't. Ah. Like it's it's too close to like like the the main animal. I yeah, guess. you're eating a rib. Sense. It's like, that's a bone. Yeah. And then I think about my ribs and I think about the way bodies are constructed and then I think about the musculature and then I think about, oh, how old were they when they killed them and they lived on those little feedlots mm-hmm. and how terrible it right, is that yeah. we buy into this. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. totally down for like, I, I mean, I wish we could go back to like the old timey homesteader days. I mean, minus the Native American stuff and the shit we did to them. But like, having a cow and raising it and making it have a baby mm. and then having to like eat the baby so that you can have the milk and having chickens and being friends with them and they give you eggs and it, it being like this animal husbandry where you, you're right. your friends and you, but that's the thing is if I had cow friends, I could never eat a cow. Like if I was actually right. friends with a cow, but I would, I'd be okay with milking a cow. Cause I'd be like, Hey cow friend, yeah. can I, take a little milk from you 
Uh, right. And then that's like, it's still, it's not like you're not killing it or anything either. And it's right. It's still there. But then I also have a problem with like, you know, the way we make cows have milk is that we make them have babies and then we steal their babies from them and we eat their babies and then we make them have milk. Because I also think like a cow knows that she was pregnant. A cow knows that she had a baby cow. I mean, they're sentient beings, right? Like, yeah, like they, they have some level of awareness. Yeah. So, and we steal their, so I had an idea for vegan cheese. I thought we could, I could save the vegans by, um, pumping my breast milk and having consent based okay. milk. Do they do that? Mm. Like, because if, if humans, cause vegans will breastfeed yeah. their children, right? Like a vegan would be like, I am consenting baby for you yeah. to eat my milk. Yeah. So, I mean, I, and I, I think it would like depend like on a, like thing I would say, I don't, I wouldn't see any like reason why it wouldn't be vegan. Um, but, like the whole thing, I mean, and people have different perceptions um, on, like, the details of what they consider vegan. Um, I would argue that it's, like, if it's the byproduct of, like, a, like an animal's suffering mm. is kind of the, the idea. But, like, in the case of, like, breast milk, it's, like, nobody's, like, like, it's, it's consensual. It's somebody, it's, like, a, a human being who is like sentient is saying I am okay with this and I'm fine with this. And like, it's, it's their breast milk. Like they can do whatever they want with it, you know? Right. I, that's how I see it. But yay, my vegan, my vegan cheese will work. I do it in a joke. I talk about, um, breast milk cheese and then saving the vegans and then talking about how I smoke and eat so much marijuana that if I pumps my breast milk, it would have tons of weed in it, and then could you make th sure. cheese, and then <laughs> getting high off my own make, supply. Make weed cheese that way. Yeah, exactly. Make weed cheese, human weed cheese. Well, and that's the other thing I thought of. Like, why aren't we feeding goats weed? Because they have an endocannabinoid system, and they'll process weed or hemp or whatever, mm-hmm. and then we could have goat milk with weed in it. Anyway. I, that isn't, I, it, that might, no, I mean, that might, I don't know. I'm not like, I don't understand the biology of a goat well enough to like <laughs> know for certain, but like hypothetically, it would be interesting to try and like see if that happened. Yeah. I mean, and I like being buddies with animals. Um, and I think that like, that's the thing is if, if you're literally like friends with an animal, like a chicken, if you're mm. buddies with a chicken, the chickens lay eggs every day. So I would almost think, right. and if they're not fertilized, then they're just an egg and they would just rot. So mm. now like, and I think that large scale farming with eggs is definitely not vegan, but if you in Seattle, I don't know if it's legal up there in San Francisco, we're allowed to have two chickens. If we want, it's like legal for everybody with a backyard. If you uh, got two I, chickens and you were friends with them, would you eat their eggs? I wouldn't No. Um, just because of like kind of the same idea, like you mentioned with the the cows earlier of like the idea of having a chicken so that you can like use the eggs, you know, that's just, and I'm not like judging if if people do that. I'm just, I wouldn't personally. Cause you don't want to keep a chicken in a cage. That too. Yeah. I wouldn't want to keep anything in in a cage. Like 
yeah. long term like that. Yeah. Free range chicken. <laughs> um, so when you kill plants, no problem. Mm. No problem killing no. plants. Plants don't have sentience. They don't talk to us that we know of. They're not. Yeah. That, that's basically the idea behind it is that, um, like, the, the plants don't have that same level of, like, consciousness of, um, like, what's happening. Mm. Um, so that, you know, I don't, I don't really feel bad in that regard. Um, and, I mean, maybe, maybe they do, but, like, to our knowledge, they don't, right. if that makes sense. Sure. Like, it's, it's, yeah. We just can't hear them. We just, we just can't hear them scream when we pick their leaves. Um, <laughs> That's what it is. Uh, it's just for my personal sanity. Yeah. What, a, what about um, what about like oysters and clams? Like those are sort of almost like plants. I mean, they're living beings, but they don't even have eyes. Like right. they're just a little muscle growing in the ocean. I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, maybe I don't. I don't really know much a lot about uh, oysters or clams, but I also like never really ate a lot of oysters or clams. Oh, okay. So it's hard for me to like. Like I, I wouldn't. Like, if I was into those and then I went vegan, I would do, like, research. Because that was the thing I did when I, when I went vegan is I, you sort of do a lot of research if you're, if you're invested in it to, like, figure out, okay, what can I still eat, you know? Right. Because um, a lot of things— needs to, like, adjust? A lot of things have animal products in them and we don't even know. Yeah. Like— Especially more processed stuff. Yeah. Um, a lot of weird ingredients that, like, people either haven't heard of or don't really know what they are. And it's like, it's that kind of stuff where like, you have to, like, I spent a lot of time just reading ingredient labels and like Googling, like what is uh thiominotrate or whatever, like, you know, little things like that. And it's like weird, I think that's good for, that's good for people anyway. We shouldn't be, we should lower our consumption of highly um, produced foods. We, I mean... Mm-hmm. We should be eating more grains and fruits and vegetables and like right. real fiber, real food, and not things that come from the center of the supermarket. The all of those. So, what does a typical day food wise look like for you? Honestly, like it's it's different every day. Honestly, um, I eat a lot of sandwiches. Oh. I make a lot of sandwiches and like toast based meals like a lot of my diet is honestly grain okay and that's my personal preference i just like i I love carbs yeah no carbs are the best and so i eat a lot of those um and then uh normally i'll have that and then i'll go to like some spot that is comedy later in the night and i'll eat whatever they have that i can eat is sort of the thing right like and that varies from like like some places have vegan oat bars that are super filling and I'll have a couple of them and they're like, they have cranberries and coconut and all sorts of shit and they're super healthy. And it goes from like that to like the other end of the spectrum of like French fries, right? You know, tater so tots, French fries, just potato based. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it totally depends on like where I'm going that day. Um, yeah, it's, it's different most days, but do you go to school right now? Or are you, a uh... Yeah, I'm I'm in college, but I'm uh, I'm like between quarters right now. Right, because it's summertime. How many uh, yeah. open mics would you say you hit a week? Are you grinding super hard? As much as I can in Seattle, like I 
I'm, it's hard to double dip in Seattle. I was up there in May, and yeah. I did a couple shows. I was Lacey. I was there for mm. three days, and I did five shows. So mm. it wasn't terrible, but it was like not as many as Portland. Oh my lord, Portland! Yeah. Can't throw a dead cat around without hitting a comedy show. <laughs> it's great. In, in in a no, I'm, I'm probably doing like. I think I'm doing about five to seven mics a week. Oh, week? that's uh, great. Whatever, if I have a show on the weekend, you know. Right on. Um, so you are grinding hard. I, I I really loved that Seattle Underground. I really had a good time there on that Monday and Tuesday. Mm. I got I got lucky enough. They called me back for the callback show when I was up there, and it was. It was oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was the last performance I got to do of my. I did a twelve or how many days was it? Twelve day tour up in the northern hinterlands and that was my last show and it was like i it was i loved it so i have very cool. happy space in my heart for seattle and everything you guys are doing with your comedy scene up there i love todd kirkwood he came down for the festival last year and andy Iwansiko, co is coming mm. down this week to do some shows mm. here in san francisco so i love your people silas i love silas too um Oh, yeah. Years ago, I was on his Lyft podcast. Years and years and years ago, he drove me around. And uh, <laughs> we got to hang out. It was fun. Um, so what are your... Um, you want You have any upcoming shows you want to plug? <laughs> I don't have anything, like, big for, like, a few months, probably. But I have, like, a couple... I have, like, a... I have a small show on um, the second coming up at, um, it's at the Den Coffee Shop All right. in Seattle. And that's oh, August second. That is August second. That's a cool. good thing to specify. Yeah. Um, August second at the Den Coffee Shop uh, starts at I believe it's seven. Should be a should be a fun show. It's through um, Laugh Tech. If you, you know what that is, I don't know Laugh Tech. It's, uh, it's like this. It's like a local comedy uh, production company. Rad. Well, sweet. Um, and you're, you're still only 20. So does that like put the kibosh on certain places that you can go, Mike, or do you just, it you, does. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I even, um, I even got in trouble the other day. I was supposed to be headlining this one show at a place called Blondie's in San Francisco. And I didn't have my ID on me and I went to get mm. a drink, my free drink and I'm 44 years old. So it's clear that I'm not, you know, and they, sure. they made me leave. They didn't let me perform. They said, wow. no ID, get out of here. We can't have you here. And I was like, wow. I'm your headliner. And they're like, go home and get yeah. your ID. And my ID was too far away. My house was too far. So I was like, that's crazy. I know. I know. So, hey, whenever you come down to San Francisco, Mutiny Radio is an all ages venue. So, because we're not allowed to have alcohol here. So you're sure. welcome to do, and we run four open mics a week and we have a weekly showcase and you should apply for the festival. It's the first through the seventh of March, the fifth annual. Okay. And what um, was the what was the festival again? It's, it's the um, Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's every. It's usually March first through fifth, but this year we're going to do it March first through seventh because it's a Monday through a Sunday, and like, it's going to kick off with like a lot of podcasts and all the people being in town. And oh, this is the most exciting thing I'm going to do. Everyone who's part of the festival, I'm going to have shows on Tuesday and Wednesday where. We in the festival are our own audience. So it's like oh. also like we're meeting each other and hearing each other's stuff. But I'm going to 
get a professional person to film everybody's sets and do the thing where your name slides in and it says mutiny radio and we're stacking the audience with everybody being awesome right so everyone leaves with the festival with a good five minute clip to go to their next festival with you know to like apply for a festival yeah yeah so like although it's in the past, it's like I've helped people find places to stay, but I know Airbnb is expensive and San Francisco isn't the cheapest city to hang out in. But mm. I at least provide people with tons and tons of free marijuana. And <laughs> it's like I make edibles every day and, and a T-shirt and all these podcasts, everything's recorded. But then the video, because like videos are super they're invaluable for comics. Yeah. It's, and the thing is like my video that I taped here looks great. And that's the other beauty of it is we pair the really great sound with the video. Mm. So it like, cause we've got, we have really great sound. We're a radio station. Um, so I'm really excited. So that my video right now though, I did that. I, I told the guys at one of the open mics, I'm like, fucking be a good audience for me. Will ya? I'm going to do seven minutes here. Cause I need a video to apply to festivals. And so you mm. can see that there's people in the audience, but they're chuckling at best. And I'm like, that's what you call being a good audience for me? Come on, guys. Like, uh. um, But my jokes are solid, so I don't really care. And you can hear me, which is the most important part of festival of applying for festivals. Right. I get all of these submission tapes, and they're on iPhones. And all I hear is like the clinking, tinking of the person's like ice in noise. front of me. Yeah. Or the person yeah. who's doing the video is like, guffawing and laughing and it like ruins everything you, yeah. you can't hear all the punchlines it's like oh i i was on a show recently and the the comic after me uh, i'm not gonna say who it was but he he so i i was the second to last performance right yeah and uh the comic is going up after me this is a showcase um we're all doing like like 10 minutes or something right yeah um the last guy shows up late like oh. during my set he shows up and he brings like three friends and I had set my stuff on the back table and I was doing like a recording from there. Right. And the his, two of his friends come and sit at that table and start like having a conversation during your set. and just, just screw the whole tape. It was like, it would have been a great tape too. So I was like, so cause upset. everyone else was paying attention to you and appreciating you yeah. and your art on stage, everyone, except for these dick bags in the back come in late, not knowing what the jokes are ruining your flow. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Well, it sounds like you go yeah. up a lot. So that's exciting. And you're so young. You have a huge future in comedy because you have a huge future in anything. <laughs> because you're so young. What's your, uh, what's your college major? Just out of curiosity. Uh, I'm going for English. Oh, that's good for you. Yeah, completely worthless degree, but great. No, <laughs> yeah, I have a yeah. I have a theater undergraduate degree, and I have. Okay, so you understand? Oh, yeah. you, you get oh, it. Oh, I have two masters in writing. I have a I have a I have a masters in um, fiction and an MFA in poetry. Oh, useless mm. degrees. I mean, but the the opportunity to you know write poetry for four years was invaluable. Sure. So, you sure. know, be in English. What's your, what's your favorite English stuff? Are you like, um, are you in, is there, do you have a favorite author? Are you into like old um, any modernist poets or are you like, not, your... not really. So I, I really, I'm doing it for more like, um, I'm trying to get better at like writing in different kinds of formats mm -hmm. is really what it is. And, um, like my favorite 
thing I've had so far was I had a creative writing class where we wrote like short stories and that was like my favorite thing. Cause then I could be like, when we were writing poetry, it's hard to write poems and not be super serious. <laughs> and when you're writing a short story, you can write about like the most ridiculous shit you want to, and it can work. Sure. Kinda, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, so. keep right. Write story. Well, isn't that what, isn't that what comedians do? I mean, we sort of write stories about our own lives and then yeah, repeat yeah. them on stage with, you know, exactly. and how much of it is true and how much of it is false. I mean, it's, yeah, there's, there's a little bit of a mix there. Yes, and, yeah, absolutely. Um, sometimes like stories that get like kind of mashed together to make like one better story or something like that, you know? Yeah. It's, it's very similar. Well, yeah, I had a, I, oh, sorry. Oh no, go ahead. I was just, I had a friend who he's only done, he's like interested in comedy. He's done like a couple open mics. Um, great friend of mine. Uh, at one point he asked me how I wrote like this one, I like this one, like 10 minute long story that I like, and it normally does really well. And I was, he was asking me like, how'd you, how'd you write that? Like, is, did that actually happen? And I'm like, kind of, there's like, it's like multiple things that I sort of just made one thing. And he was like offended. He's like, Oh my God, like you, you like lied like on stage. And I'm like, dude, like, I'm like, you, have you watched the other comics tonight? I'll tell you that they're not telling the truth either. Like I'm not, No, I've talked to them about the bits, you know? Absolutely. It's all, I mean, and I know who's being what, I mean, that's the thing. It's performance. It's, it's entertainment. So it's, and there's no victim there. It's just like, you're telling jokes and it's, It's just for everyone to hopefully enjoy, you know. Right. It's hey, I I know it's 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 hard. Sometimes it seems like it's funny when audiences come to a comedy show and you're like, okay, so this is where you this is where you laugh. <laughs> this is where you yeah, laugh. Like yeah. when they'll and it's they can be so hard and you're like, you came yeah. to a comedy show. Like, what are you here for? I like, be excited about this. No, yeah, it's like, like, how are you not like, like, why aren't you like more invested in this show? Or like, why aren't you? Yeah, I, I had this one bit I did where like, they were like this crowd I was with. There was sort of a hard crowd, but they were like, they were following along with it and they were laughing. And then I did a callback. I ended it on a callback, right? You know the story. Yeah. Callback to an earlier part, and like didn't laugh at the callback. And I'm like, okay, let me explain. That's called a callback. Here's what happened. Like, and get a laugh there. But it was. It was this really weird phenomenon of like everything up until that moment, you know, it's just that one line that normally lands just doesn't quite land. Like yeah, it does normally. that's happened to me. I've seen that on my, I had a video that was recently done and you can see the look on my face when there's a, I do my punchline and I don't get the reaction I'm used to. And like, I almost right. look confused, like, like, wait, what? Like, did you guys, you didn't. That's a funny joke. Okay. Like you like see that's the a laughing part face. there. Like you guys. Like, oh, yeah. I can't believe you did it. Well, and Seattle audiences are weird though. They, they, they pulled back on me. I have one joke 
where I fat shame just a hair. Just, just It's a throwaway sure. line, but it always gets a laugh down here. And it's like mm. talking about Michelle Obama and I'm just talking about her and how amazing she is. And I'm like, you know, she hated fat kids or whatever. And that mm. line in Seattle, like you could hear the air get sucked out of the room. It was like... <laughs> What fat shaming? Not in Seattle. No way. And I was like, oh, that's where you guys pull back? Really? But I was like, right there, yeah. It's like, but I think that there's like the PC police. I don't know if you've noticed it, but I feel like the PC police is out for blood in Seattle. Like, they. Maybe, maybe. It's um, it's definitely like a big thing in the in the comic circuit up here. Is a lot of like, sometimes one comic, um, you know, has a line, audiences agree with, and like they'll try to like figure out like, okay, like what, how can we make that work? Like how else can we do that so it gets a laugh or whatever? <laughs> and it's, they kind of have to like figure it out. I was um, at Jai Tai late night, and there was a guy who I thought his set was fine and funny, but I guess he said something mm. slightly homophobic, but it was a joke. And right. a lady in the audience starts screaming at him, that's homophobic, get off the stage, your misogyny and your homophobia will not stand. And it was like, and it's like after 10 o'clock at Jai Tai, and I was just like, right. and there's just all comics around him, like, she must be a comic, but like, Wow. I was yeah. I was like the police are here and they are going to call you out if you use the wrong pronoun. Like god forbid in Seattle you use the wrong pronoun. But I mean and and I we're trying to. I think everyone's trying mm. even by me saying I'm yeah. trying is I mean I'm not trying to be bigoted or anything. I think that right. call whatever whatever pronoun people want like I'll just try to remember but it's hard for me to even remember anything let alone like the specific pronoun mm. you want me to call like and even when I do guys and dudes I've been called out in Seattle on that too they're like well those are traditionally masculine and like guys and dudes is everyone now it's but that's not fair because I'm from California so like mm. dude bro is like you can say that to anybody. <laughs> you know? I, I mean, you, you can say, I feel like you can say that up here, though I think it's more of like, it's more of like a stoner thing than like a normal, mm. like conversation thing over here. Sure. Um, but it, I don't know, I, I am surprised that like someone call you out on that though. Like I've, I've definitely like said like, hey guys, like, like just talking to a group of people and not really thinking about it either. Like it's not like an intentional right. thing. It's just like a, a dialect thing, I guess that may, like, I guess a weird way to describe it, but right. Instead of just, being like, Hey gentlemen and ladies or Hey, and then like, but what yeah. if, how are people like that? I mean, dudes, guys, I feel like works, but it's semantics mm -hmm. and it's, it's, I feel like be, maybe because our political climate is becoming so racist and bigoted that mm. where we have the ability to sort of control that, people have been working over time, you know, because right. it's like, it's, it's so scary on such a large scale that if we can do anything, it's like, we got to try harder. And we're like clamping down on the people that are already trying. It's like, how do we, yeah. how do we reach out to the to Texas <laughs> yeah, and get sure. them 
to be on board. Well, do you have anything else to add? Quinn, you're, you're awesome. I can't believe you're this young and this like astute and well-spoken and together. I've, I've been, are you different generation than, than millennials? What's your generation called? Uh, I, I don't even know where, uh, where I'm either like at the, like the tail end of millennial or I think it's generation Y, I think is the, the younger Maybe one. Generation Y. I'm like, <laughs> I think so. Generation Don't quote me on that. Um, <laughs> yeah, generation Y. Um, I'm like some, I'm like on like the, the border between those two. I don't know where I technically fall. But, um. Well, your amazing critical thought gives me hope for the future because I thought it was dead. That's good. And that as a young person, you had enough critical thought to say, I'm going to change my life in this way and then stick to it for so many years and save the planet one day at a time. Good job. Thank you. Kudos. Uh, go see him at the Den on August 2nd yep. if you're up there in Seattle. And uh, hey, have a great day. Thanks so much for being on Some Call Me Tim. I've learned a lot about veganism. And uh, hey, I think it's amazing. I think that it's, keep it up. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, have a great day. Quinn, yay. Yay. Well, that's it. That's Some Call Me Tim. That was fun. I like that guy. Good kid. I had no idea he was so young. I looked at his Facebook pictures, and I can't believe it. Well, this has been a Wednesday. That has been a Some Call Me Tim. The next hour, Some Call Me Tim. I God, I always want to get a timer right. Some Call Me Tim. Yeah, there it is. You got it, Benjamin. You still got it. Um, we're going to listen to the Flat Black Plastic. Because that's the stuff I like, I gotta tell ya. Uh, thanks, you guys, for joining us today on Some Call Me Tim. Next week, I might or might not be here because I'm filming. I'm in a new, I'm in a new pilot. I'm, a, I'm playing a comedian's mother. So look for that whenever it comes out. Uh, and I, I just found out I'm at Cobb's on Friday, the 20th of September. So that's cool. Yay. Some call me Tim. Mutiny Radio. Give us money. Press that donate button. Uh, thanks so much to our tech, Richard Kiss, out there in Las Vegas. Thanks so much to our local tech, David Stolowitz. Uh, thanks so much to our administrator, Suggest. You're killing it. And to our... Instagram coordinator, Joanna Bateman. I can't wait for you to come back. Oh my gosh, it sounds like I have a team. Uh, And I'd also like to thank Michaela Lassig, who is doing marketing for us right now. So you should be hearing about Mutiny Radio in the future. But you're already here, so that's great. I'm going to get you guys a flat black plastic. I, you know, I'm thinking about going vegan. I'm not ever thinking about going vegan, but I am thinking about being a little more vegetarian again because meat really is pretty gross it's gross all right uh, i'm gonna bring up a flat black plastic if you're still with me are you still with me i bet you are are where is flat black plastic flat black plastic is my favorite show on the station it is scott to walker 
and this is his from last Saturday. So please to enjoy. Let's see. I am having a technical difficulties. Oh, yes, I am. There it is. It should be playing. Oh. Flat Black Plastic, Mutiny Radio, dot of him. Oh, 
just can't make scary things happen. We could pretend about wishes in the neighborhood of make-believe. Ready, trolley? Good. Let's go to the neighborhood of make-believe.
was a windy day in the neighborhood of make-believe. Grandpere carefully propped up a picture outside the Eiffel Tower where he lived. It was a picture of his granddaughter Colette, who was coming for a visit, and Grandpere was excited. X the Owl and Henrietta Pussycat could see Colette's picture from their home in a nearby tree. Oh, that sure is a pretty little tiger cat, said X. Uh, don't you think so, Han? Henrietta didn't answer. She liked to think she was the prettiest cat in the neighborhood. Everywhere Henrietta went that day, she heard people talking about Colette. Such a sweet-looking little tiger.
now we're gonna do a song coming from my album, The Jazz Soul of Little Stevie. The name of the song is called Fingertips. Now I want you to clap your hands and come on. Come on. Black Blastic Mutiny Radio .fm is what you're tuned into. We have problems with our computer again this week, which means that we need your help with money, with funding. So uh, hit that button, give it to me one time. Give us five dollars a click, one time. Give it. 
it to me two times. $10. Give it, give it. Rude is in 
order. Now, this court is in session. And I order all you rude boys to stand. You're brought here for gun shooting, ratchet using, and bomb showing.
Thank you. 